Hey now, friends, it's me, Lola. And this is Dante. And you are listening to the Smoke and Profit Podcast. And today's episode is going to be special. Today, we're going to be talking about is your work toxic? Right. We want to take this beast on, this beast that we celebrate, this beast called hustle culture, this beast that leads to exhaustion, it leads to burnout. It leads to us doing way too much to try to get what we want at work and from work. We want to take on the beast today. We want to talk to you about, is your work toxic? So before we get started, let's go ahead and define what hustle culture is. So I read this really cool article from Medium, and I'll add the link below. But the author's name is Christine Lorelei, and she defined hustle culture in a way that I really, really enjoy. Like I could visualize all of this and fill it on so many levels. So let me go ahead and just give you this definition. Hustle culture, aka burnout culture, workaholism or toxic productivity is all about constantly working. Those who hustle attempt to devote as many hours as possible to work. Outwardly, hustle culture seems like a high energy motivational movement that comes with expected rewards For most people, working long hours is typically associated with moving up the corporate ladder faster, making six figures in the shortest amount of time possible, or earning passive income due to around-the-clock hard work. It is the belief that you can succeed and achieve anything you want in life if you work hard enough. But this can only happen if you devote 1,000% of yourself to work, lose sleep, and self-motivate yourself to push through the pains despite all forces that work against you. Now, Lola, I just want to make sure, did you say a thousand percent? Sure did. That's what Christine Lorela stated. You devote yourself 1,000% to work. Uh, that's a no. That's, that's a definite no. A thousand percent to work? I like sleep. I need other things to do. I need to rest and relax. That can't be true, though, because we looked up some statistics and people in our economy are getting stressed out at work. They're getting stressed out. They're getting burned out. This is in a Harvard Business Review article, and it cites the APA, which is the American Psychological Associations. It says workplace stress is estimated to cost the U.S. economy more than $500 billion. And each year, 550 million workdays are lost due to stress on the job. And another study by the APA claims that burned out employees are 2.6 times as likely to be actively seeking a different job. 63% more likely to take a sick day and 23% more likely to visit the emergency room. So even though we look at the definition of hustle culture and what it may look like for us at work or for the people that we work with and that we're around, even though we see it and we say no, people are subscribing to it. Exactly. And it's not like it's new either, because in that Harvard Business Review article, it actually says the term burnout was introduced in the 1970s. So even though we're calling the hustle culture It probably had another name. It's not the first time it's been used. Right. And it probably has existed for longer than 50 years. It's probably existed for centuries from the time that we could work and achieve success and compete with our peers and our neighbors. We've taken on that attitude of let me work, 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 work hard to get and shine in this world. 
to be honest with you, toxic work is totally against nature and the way your body works. Like that idea of go hard or go home, team, no sleep, all work, no play, sleep is the cousin of death. That whole idea is not natural. It's not normal. And we should not try to normalize it. I think something we do in our world today is we try to redefine everything. We try to normalize everything. And some things are not normal for a reason. Because if we were to normalize them, it would be chaotic to our world and our society, such as hustle culture. That's not normal. It produces people that are tired, exhausted, calling out from work. Come on, what did we just read? Burned out employees, according to a claim from the APA, burned out employees are 2.6 times as likely to be actively seeking a different job, 63% more likely to take a sick day, and 23% more likely to visit their emergency room. So this means that they're calling out, okay? And they're calling out maybe because they're sick, in their bodies physically, or maybe because they're sick in their minds, mentally and emotionally, whatever the case may be, when you're stressed out, you are more susceptible to sicknesses. And this is just showing us that hustle culture is not okay. Exactly. You know, it's not anything that we can sustain for long periods of time. I was talking to you about this a few days ago that I think that in the future, Companies will have self-care days. They'll have like mental wellness days. I think that that's going to be something like a sick day vacation time. I think it's going to be a normal. I completely agree. I think that with everything that's been happening recently and just the effects of the pandemic itself, that people and their health and their mental health is going to be super important. And I think companies are just learning that we need to make sure that our employees are as healthy as possible before the pandemic you have some people that can't take too much of social media because the only thing that shows up on their feeds are highlights and reels of other people's lives and all the great things and for some people that's depressing so like it's beyond COVID-19 and the pandemic I think situations like the pandemic probably just escalated and you know showed us where our trouble spots were our hot spots were more than it would have if it had not happened am I making sense you make total sense yeah so man I think that y'all are probably feeling like I'm feeling right now the weight of all of this that hustle culture is real and maybe you haven't been part of it but someone around you has or maybe your environment at work makes you feel like you have to adopt hustle culture because if you don't adopt it, you might lose your job. Some people feel like that. Now, fortunately for me, I'm not really a hustle culture person. I am someone who intentionally goes against the grain. Seriously. No, I know. Yeah. Like me even thinking about it is like, I'm not, no my own pace, my own race, my own life is how I feel. Yep. And for me, I subscribed to the hustle culture at one time and 
I actually felt that way that Lola was talking about where I was tired. I was angry. I did not like going to work because every day I felt stressed to be there, stressed to perform, stressed to make something happen until eventually I said, I, I can't do it anymore. I need to get on my own pace and take rest and enjoy and be able to take things in. I can't be focused on work a thousand percent of the time. Now, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. The the work that you had that made you feel like, okay, I got to adopt this hustle culture thing. What type of work was it? Was it? Commissions. So, so sales. Sales. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. It was a job where literally my entire paycheck was based on commission. Oh yeah. Nobody has time for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, um, that's such a thing, but so there are some jobs that just have a higher risk of you feeling that way yeah. than others, which is something we're going to kind of talk about later, which brings me back to that Harvard Business Review article that we were looking at. I read a statement in there and it made me think about something very, very interesting. So according to foremost expert on burnout, Christina Maslach, social psychologist and professor emerita of psychology at the University of California, Berkeley, we are attacking the problem from the wrong angle. She is one of three people responsible for the gold standard of measuring burnout. The eponymous Maslach Burnout Inventory, MBI, and the co-author of Areas of Work-Life Survey. Maslach worries about the new WHO classification in the IDC-11. Quote, Categorizing burnout as a disease was an attempt by the WHO to provide definitions for what is wrong with people instead of what is wrong with companies, unquote, she explains. When I read that, it made me think that's a great statement and it leads to the question, am I the toxic one or is my work just toxic? You know what I'm saying? Is my yeah. company just toxic? Because some jobs have just that culture, right? It's like that sales. Yeah. It has that commission culture, like you have to make these numbers or you could lose your job. It's not even just, you might not get paid eventually if you're not meeting the performance metrics that the company has, then you got to go home, you, you know? And so then another environment that hustle culture is probably high in is corporate jobs because we're bred to be very, very competitive. We don't necessarily look at our teammates and our peers as people peers. that we want to collaborate with we look at them as our competition like i want to bite your head off and get you out of here because you are potentially going to take a job i want and then also for entrepreneurs too and people that are ceos of their own company they get addicted to making those marks like okay i had a ten thousand dollar week I had a six-figure week. I had a million-dollar year. I had a million-plus-dollar month. I want to keep hitting these numbers, and then they subscribe to it, too. So that's a great, great perspective to have, which I guess we need to go ahead and get into how you can figure out if your work is toxic. And you can look at this and apply it to the work that you're doing and what you're bringing into your company culture or into your business culture, solopreneur, whatever you are, or look at it like, hey, is the organization that I'm with 
like kind of pushing this culture on me. You ready to get into it, Dante? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. What What are you thinking about? I'm thinking about getting into this so that way we can see what we can do to help them as well. Perfect. And to help ourselves in the process because, yeah, this is some good stuff. Okay, so let's get into it. Here are six key signs that your work is toxic. Number one, we'll go with the easy thing. We'll go with what's common and what's on everyone's list. And we're not going to stay here long. You know that your work is toxic if you dread work. Exactly. That means that this is not a good work environment. You want to leave this place. Just the people around you may have a bad relationship with your supervisor, your direct manager. It lowers your morale and you just do not want to work there. So long term, it's hard to say that this place that you're in right now and this position you're in is somewhere you're going to stay because you can't stand it. Right. You cannot stand it. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. The second key sign that your work is toxic is you don't have an end of the workday routine. Now this is a small thing, but it's very big. And I want you to think about work in the past week. How did you end your day? Did you end your day without any clear, you know, demarcation that your workday was over? Did you end your day with you just locking your computer? Did you end your day with you moving from your office at home to taking your laptop to the sofa and sitting in front of the TV with it? I've done that before. Or moving into the bed with your computer? Think about it. How did you end your day? You need to have a clear end of the workday routine. And something that Dante and I were talking about, this is such a small thing, but it's such a telling sign. It reminds me of that poem, the telltale heart. You remember that? (laughs) That's what I'm thinking about as I think about this, because it's a very telling sign. If you end your workday with you not shutting down your computer and you just putting your computer to sleep or turning off your computer screen and just locking your device, it's a reflection of what you are doing to yourself. You are never shutting down completely from work. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Right. And you're manifesting that in the natural world with your device, right? Yeah. By not shutting it down, you got to shut that computer down. If you don't do anything else, shut your computer down. That is a clear end to your workday that says, I am not coming back to this. I'm done with it for the day. Okay. But I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there. We're going to get into what to do later on, but I just had to like say that because it's crazy. So many people do that. And I don't think we realize what we're doing. The same way you didn't shut your computer down, you didn't shut your brain down. Exactly. You didn't stop and say, I'm done with this for the day. I'm at peace so I can move on to some refreshing, restorative activity that is going to be good for me emotionally, mentally, and all in all good for my productivity. Because if I do something that restores me, I come back better. Yeah, and refreshed. Right, not coming back half cocked because I'm tired. And in my head, I'm thinking about what I have to do at work tomorrow. Exactly. You know, and, and it's like, it. fam, you should not be having dreams about work at night. Ooh, I'm sorry, you just gave me a scare. Why? Because I thought of, I, I don't have think Have you I've ever, ever done that? Had a dream about work? No, thankfully. I have laid down in bed and thought about, I'm talking about nine, ten o'clock at night, and I'm thinking about something I got to do at work. I've done that before. Uh-uh. Yeah. I got a little hack for it, though. When that would happen, I would write the thought down 
and get it out of my mind so that my mind could be at peace. That was one of the cool little things I learned from The Organized Mind, which is a book I will drop the link for on today's episode. But it's a really cool book. Like, like when thoughts play in your mind, mm -hmm. you're not just supposed to let them stay there. You should write them down because regardless of if you are actively thinking about the thought or not, your brain is using energy to remind you of that thought because it feels like it is important to you and it doesn't want you to forget it. So like in the background, your mind is running kind of like a computer. Okay, so let's say you're on your computer and you have an open tab, right? And yeah. you're doing your work and all of a sudden you got this pop-up that comes up. And the pop-up is sitting there, okay? And you minimize the pop-up. It doesn't make the pop-up go away. It just causes it to run in the background. That's the same way stuff works when it's hitting your mind and coming at you. So what you have to do is write it down. That was really good imagery. That's what I thought of when I saw it. But you have to write it down and so that your mind can like say, okay, I can let this thought rest because you may not realize it, but your mind is constantly trying to make sure you don't lose that thought because it feels like it's important to you. So those little things that will bother me at night, you know, while I'm trying to go to bed and I'm thinking about work or something that I have to follow up on or something that's due or something that I got to ask someone about, I'd write those thoughts down right then and there and then have my little sticky note and keep it moving. All right. And for the people listening please write down that tip as well because that one will most definitely help you because I've done it before and it has helped me before. Yeah, I think we think being people that have grown up with all of this technology is really, really cool, but then it disables us too because we think that, oh, I have so much technology. I got my phone. I just type this stuff in. We think that writing things down is archaic and using paper and pen is archaic and it's like, no your mind responds to that stuff True. really well. It does. <laughs> Just like for me with spending money, me putting my card information in, oh, it's so easy to part with my money. Or even better, me just hitting <laughs> checkout with saved information. Yeah. It, ma it makes it so easy. It's like, I'm not wasting time to think about this purchase. But if I have to physically give up some cash... I think about it a lot differently. You hear me? Yeah, I hear Like you. that archaic stuff works. And I'm like, I need some cash because I'm going to hold on to that. A lot longer. Right. That $100 will be sitting there forever before I spend it. Okay, let's keep going. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. The number three key sign that your work is toxic is you are not making enough money. And that could be as an employee, you're not earning enough money to pay your essential expenses. Now, as a business owner or an entrepreneur, you're not in the black. And that means that you are not even breaking even on your expenses. Your business is costing you more money than you make. And that would make your work toxic. Right. So the number four key sign that your work is toxic is you don't have a retirement plan. As an employee, business owner, or entrepreneur, you have to make your retirement fund a priority. And a retirement plan is something that you will either be offered by your organization or something that you'll have to come up with on your own if you are your own employer. Either way, you not having a retirement plan in place is a key sign that either your work is toxic or that the organization you work for is toxic if they're not offering it to you. Exactly. Yeah. Because right. <laughs> they need to care about your future. 
you know, and at the end of the day, sunset is going to happen for everybody. And when I say sunset, I mean like a winter season where things slow down Mm -hmm. and you're just not able to produce in the same way that you were maybe in your prime stages of life. So yeah, when things are flowing and things are producing, you got to make a plan and put money away, invest money so that you can have that money during those times where it's not flowing. I like that. And that's a good segue to our fifth key sign that your work is toxic. The job doesn't fit your future. Right. And when we say the job doesn't fit your future, I think you kind of wrapped this up perfectly, Dante. You did a podcast and we'll add the link below. So Dante did an amazing podcast and we have very, very exhaustive notes available on thesmokingprofit.com. This is episode 49 of the Smoking Profit podcast. It's the most simple way to get your dream job, the most shockingly simple way. But in that podcast, you talked about how you turned down a few job opportunities because the job opportunities did not fit the future you wanted. Meaning, yes, it would have come with a new job title, it would come with, that would be a promotion. It would come with more money, but at the end of the day, it would not have aligned you to the career that you actually wanted. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to say anything else about that or not. Yes, I do. So I actually had a few interviews and a few job offers and I looked at them and I saw it and the numbers looked good, but I really wanted to focus into technology because that's what I felt like I have a passion and that's something I want to do. So the jobs that were offered were okay, but they didn't really help me get to where I wanted to go. So I had to actually say no to them. I had to turn them down and keep applying and keep going for the thing that I wanted because I was not going to settle for something that I didn't think was going to match me later. And I didn't want to be in a place or a position that I would not like, that I would dread work and I would hate going to. I wanted to go somewhere that fit my future. Right. And when you have a job, you have the luxury of applying for and choosing jobs that fit your future. Now, it's kind of different if you're out of the workforce and you're looking for something, then you may have to take something in the meantime so that you can stay ahead, stay afloat and not fall into this place of where you can't take care of yourself, can't afford your daily livelihood and pay your bills. But yeah, if you're at a workplace, at a job and it doesn't fit the future that you want, then it's toxic because you're not going to be fulfilled with that. Exactly. You know, it may suffice you for a period of time but it's not going to offer any meaningful satisfaction Ooh, i like that that was you know? good okay and then the last point this is the sixth key sign that your work is toxic if the job that you're working does not fit the future then it is toxic and when i say does not fit the future i mean that that job does not have a future meaning you are working a job that is slowly declining, the need for it is declining, is shifting into something else. And Dante and I talked a lot about like the future of jobs several years ago and like just things that you needed to do to make sure you're staying competitive as an employee or even as a freelancer And we're going to go more into what you can do later to make sure you're in a job that does fit the future 
and it's not going to be something that's just tossed away within the next few years or with even within the next decade. All right, so are y'all ready to get into what you can do if you found yourself or any part of your work in any of those six places that we talked about? I'm ready. I'm ready too. But I know that someone is probably wondering why stress or lack of peace isn't a sign of toxic work. You want to tackle this or you want me to tackle it? No, I can go ahead and tackle this Go for it. So the truth is a lack of peace or stress is not necessarily a key indicator that your work is toxic. Now, a lack of peace and stress is a symptom of something, but that symptom could be revealing something that's within you. Right, like a development opportunity or a sign that you need more practice or maybe you need to learn how to manage stress and manage your workload in a different way. It could be a number of things. So you can't just automatically lump a lack of peace or stress into the toxic work category. You can't do that. We can't always blame our environments for things that are in us. I completely agree. So now I know you're probably thinking, okay, Dante and Lola, you made a very compelling point. What do we do about it? Good question, Lola. Now, if you dread your job, find out why so you can figure out how you can fix it. Right. If there's a problem with the people that you work with, then maybe it's something that you need to talk to your supervisor about. Or maybe it's something that you need to talk to a therapist about. Or maybe it's time to find a new job. It could be. Absolutely. If you don't have an end of the workday routine, get one and use it daily until you follow your end of the workday routine without even thinking about it. Not making enough money? Go ahead and figure out how you can make more money. Now, it could be a promotion. It could mean changing companies. It may be a totally new line of work, something that's more profitable. Exactly. Sometimes we get mad at the organizations that we work for because we feel like we're not getting the money we deserve. And at the end of the day, those companies have budgets and they have an allotted amount that they will pay to your role yeah to your role and if they only pay your role a certain amount then what does that mean for you you stay there forever and you beg them to do more no you get up and you do something different you say hey maybe I need to switch companies or maybe I need to think about switching careers or maybe I need to pick up some type of certification that is going to allow me to demand more money. I like that. Seriously. And if you don't have a retirement plan as an employer, find out what your company offers as an entrepreneur. Check with an investment company or start with your accountant. I agree with that. If your job doesn't fit your future, find one that does. Find a job that leads closer to your life's calling. So when you wake up, you feel energized. And when you go to bed, you feel fulfilled. Right. And last but not least, if your job does not fit the future, consider what future markets need. Think about what the presently evolving markets are shifting into. Think about what job markets are exploding with growth and are most competitive right now. Think about the most innovative companies in your industry. What are they doing? Where are the jobs taking off there? And then also think about what certifications and degrees the most competitive schools are offering and not just schools within your country, but schools globally. Look and see what these schools are offering because these schools are trying to educate and prepare the future workers. So they're going to be showing you what the future needs, okay? And then here is something that you can do if you're in 
the United States if you're a global citizen outside of the U.S., which is where we record from. So check out the Occupational Outlook Handbook. It gives specific info like the fastest growing occupations. So you need to know that. (laughs) The pay, experience needed, and educational requirements for those jobs. So if you are trying to figure out what jobs fit the future, doing any of those things that we just told you is a great place to start. One, you thinking about what future markets need. Two, you thinking about what markets are presently evolving into. Three, you thinking about the jobs that are exploding at the most competitive and innovative companies in your industry. And then you checking out what schools, the most competitive schools are offering. How are they trying to educate future workers? What certifications and degrees are they offering? And then the Occupational Outlook Handbook, which is going to tell you the fastest growing occupations. And then it gives you everything, the pay, the experience needed, and the educational requirements. And I think you found that handy recently when you were looking at the pay for your new degree program. Correct. Yeah, and it really, really blew your mind. It did. I was like, oh, thank you. I like that. Yeah, I was like, fam, you started telling me that you wanted to go to school when we first met. You wanted to go back and get... My master's. Yeah, you started telling me that, and I'm like, why are you waiting? And then I started talking to you like, okay, these jobs are shifting. These jobs are shifting. And then my grandmother told me, she's, she's, man, she's the dopest person ever, but she told me something that I never would have thought of. You know what I'm going to say, right? I know what you're going to say. My grandmother told me to fill out my husband's school application myself. She was like, if you don't go and apply for school for him, just fill it out. If he's not doing it, just go and do it. I was like, I'm not doing that. And then I thought about it. I was like, no, that is okay if I do that. I can do that. It would have been okay. So thankfully, I didn't have to do it. He did it. But anyways... The Occupational Outlook Handbook is dope, and my therapist actually told me about that. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, he did. I did not know that. Bam, because we used to have conversations about everything. He did his job. Let me just say that. Like, he did his job. I agree with that. He's like, go over here and look. You don't have to stay in a career you don't want. He's like, you were young enough to make that shift, and you're in a good place to make that shift. And I was like, cool, let's do it. So that's it for today, friends. Dante and I just talked to you about hustle culture, this thing that is not new to our world, but something that has been, man, taking over in a way that we don't want it to do. And the whole point of this message was to just get you to be okay with going at success at your pace and making sure that you knew how to identify if your work was toxic, whether you're introducing that toxic culture to your work environment or whether your organization is just introducing that toxic culture to you. Let's go ahead and wrap up these points. So the first way to know that your work is toxic is you dread work. The second way is you don't have an end of the workday routine. The third way is you're not making enough money. Fourth way is you don't have a retirement plan. The fifth way is the job doesn't fit your future. And the sixth way to know that your work is toxic is the job does not fit the future, period. Now, these aren't the only ways to know if your work is toxic, but they are some great key indicators to help get you started. We did not add stress or lack of peace as a sign that your work is toxic because truly those are not key indicators. And we didn't mention this, but 
certain jobs and professions come with higher stress. So we can't just say that stress is a key indicator. You think about an emergency room doctor, their job is going to be super stressful. People in healthcare, their job is going to be more stressful than others. Caregivers, their job is going to be more stressful than others. And also the pay increases with those more stressful jobs. So we can't just say that. We can't just sweep it into the toxic work category because that's not what it means. It could mean something else. And we can't always blame our environments for things that are in us or things that we need to work on. So what do we do about these six things that could be showing us that our work is toxic, Dante? All right, if you dread your job, find out why so you can figure out how to fix it. Now, if you don't have an end of the workday routine, get one and use it daily. If you're not making enough money, figure out how you can make more money. If you don't have a retirement plan, get one. If your job doesn't fit your future, find one that does. And if your job does not fit the future, consider what future markets will need. Think about it. And shift into it. We super appreciate you for listening to the Smoke and Profit podcast today. We hope you enjoy this episode. Until next time, we hope y'all have the most amazing life. Oh, I forgot to say. Make sure you check out today's episode description. We're going to have some notes in there for you that you want to check out and also links to a few of the things we talked about in this episode. Until next time, we really hope you all have the most amazing life. Bye! Spiritually, creatively, socially, spiritually, creatively, socially, do right, do right, do it better, do it better, do right, do right, do it better, do it better. The smoke and profit will inspire and equip you. The smoke and profit takes your skills and gifts and mold you. Don't